Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Wednesday on this show, I'll be sharing research, conducting interviews, and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes every Sunday for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of the Restoring Rapport podcast. Super excited for the content we've got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a show about keeping relationships central in a world of many distractions and prioritizing marriage and family as goals for young believers. I'm really excited about the article we've got for you guys today. It is entitled Why Get Married, and it's written by Greg Smalley. And it was done so on June 16th of 2022. And I believe Greg Smalley has actually written several books, several children's books, uh, especially The Treasure, or I think it's called The Treasure Tree being one. Uh, That was a book that I grew up with. And I think he's also an author for Focus on the Family. Not sure, though, if you're interested in learning more about the author, you can... uh, you visit the link that will be in the show notes and you can look up his work that way. But I'm really excited to get this article out for you guys today. Again, it's called Why Get Married. And if I had to guess, obviously the titles uh, suggest something that we talk about on this show heavily. Uh, marriage is kind of becoming less popular today, as we talk about many times. And so kind of that raises the question, why sh- why is it preferable? Why is it desirable? Why is it a road that young believers should travel? And I would hope that this article is going to detail those reasons in uh, good good detail and give us some good reasons of why to get married. But I'm not actually sure because once again, you're getting my first impression as usual. So let's go ahead and get started though here. Recently, a young man asked his friend about his thoughts on getting married. To the young man's surprise, his friend replied, I have no plan since there is no reason to get married. Hmm. Well, just straight off the bat, I think this show is going to disagree heavily with that guy, but let's continue. If I jump in front of my girlfriend when someone shot her and I died, did I love her less than a husband loves his wife? Marriage isn't necessary, but love is. I can love a woman and be committed to her without getting married. Hmm. Can you though? Let's 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 continue. You can love her, but I would say that again, marriage is the most committed way because again, there are social and legal restrictions for exiting. And if you're not willing to enter that confine, if you're not willing to enter that covenant, that contract, uh, I don't like to use the word contract though because it seems transactional. But if you if you don't want to enter that covenant, let's say with another person, then there is some level of intimacy and um, being locked in that you're not willing to go towards. And I would say that that's going to cause a lack of trust in your relationship, which is why marriage is the number one thing. But let's keep reading. I'm sure this author is going to counter that. In today's world, it's widely accepted for a couple to have sex or live together without being married. Sadly, it's almost become the norm. So why get married? 
Is there something that the young man's friend is missing about marriage? Is marriage simply an archaic piece of paper that has no relevance today? Let's start with the friend's statement. If I jump in front of my girlfriend when someone shot her and I died, did I love her any less than a husband loves his wife? The simple answer is no. I love my wife and would die for her just like the friend would do for his girlfriend. But there's more. God commanded us. So right here they're saying God commanded us. I would assume this is a Christian article. Let's see. Uh, Boundless, Find Your Place, Focus Your Future is the title of the author. It's by Boundless.org. It's definitely a Christian article. Um, but let's continue reading here. God commanded us to love him and to love others. Mark twelve thirty through 31. And since this is a Christian article, as you guys have probably no doubt found out now, our, our primary argument target audience is young believers. Um, but most of the time I'll share articles that, ha- you know, are basically can be taken into consideration by people who are not even believers. But this time, this is an episode episode specifically for, uh, believers, because uh, if you're, if you're not a believer, you're probably not going to like this guy's arguments. We'll see though. Let's, you never, you never know. Let's keep reading the article. God commanded us to love him and to love others. Mark 12, 30 through 31. Because our purpose here on earth is to become more like Christ, Romans eight twenty nine, and Christ's legacy can be seen in the way which he loved, which he that he loved, Ephesians five two. The evidence that we are becoming more like Christ will be seen by our love for God and others. As a matter of fact, the greatest love we can express is to lay down our life for another person, John fifteen thirteen. Greater love has no one than this than he that lays down his life for his friends. Um, one of the most powerful verses I, I I've actually read in Scripture. I love that passage there are more i like first uh, corinthians 13 i like the song of songs i like esther um i like some of the psalms as well some actually i just really like david a lot of david's writing uh, but there are just so many good portions of scripture that i absolutely love john 8 that's a, a powerful chapter for anybody uh, looking for a, a verse to read as well there's just so many good scripture verses that he's already pointed out here but john 15 13 is probably my favorite of the ones he's listed let's keep going though <clears throat> So the friend is correct when he assume, when he asserts that love is necessary in a relationship. However, that is not the same thing as a marriage. The only difference between love and marriage is a legal contract. Then it isn't really if if the only difference between love and marriage is a legal contract, then it isn't really that necessary. Hmm. I would actually disagree there because I think bringing a, a legal contract into is actually what protects women, especially, uh, but men men also from a partner just up and leaving uh, because the the social and legal restriction that marriage entails is one of the reasons that I would say it's, it's highly necessary. Because, again, if there's not that social and legal restriction, uh, it, people can really get away with a lot. that I, don't, I would argue they probably shouldn't get away with and really leave, leave a partner in a lurch that they shouldn't. Um, I just believe it's a really shameful thing to leave a partner, particularly a partner with child, but even a partner without a child. Guys, it, we're not set up to do this, this whole, these whole games and this whole feeling at one, one second, not feeling at the next. You know, the, as I've, I've said several times on the show, one of the qualities that I admire most about a potential partner is a, the ability to commit and say, this is what I'm looking for and I'm not going to leave. I mean, that is a huge, huge turn on, huge, uh, green flag. Uh, green light for me when I'm searching for a relationship because I really admire people who can, as I've said before, I think I even said this last time on the show, people who stick to something for years and years and years. That shows me commitment. That shows me grit. That shows me intentionality. That shows me that even when they're not feeling it, they found a way to actually stick to it. And because of that, they're able to accomplish so much more in specific areas of their life than somebody who's just going to quit at the first sign of difficulty, at the first sign of feelings leaving Etc. So I would disagree with this author here. I think that legal is a, the. I think it legal should be a thing for marriage, particularly. And I get that there are you know the liber, uh, libertarians and and people who who don't believe that 
you know, we should minimize the government in all, all forms possible and maybe it shouldn't be a part of marriage. But I would say uh, that actually bringing legality into marriage is actually a good thing. Uh, because again, it, it causes that social, social and, uh, well, the social restriction is by people you know, but the legal restriction is preventing you from leaving without, you know, paying alimony or going through divorce court or that kind of thing. There's, there's lots of things that you can't do, uh, if you're married. You can't just up and depart, which is, I think is very good. So he says, what's the point? Marriage is a sacred covenant. So he's going to get in here to the more spiritual aspect of marriage, which I absolutely love. Paul talks about that a lot for those of you who are curious as well. The good news is that marriage is so much more than a license that looks good framed on the wall. That's absolutely true. Marriage is a sacred covenant that you make with God, not before God. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate, Mark 10, 9. Marriage isn't man-made, it's God's creation. I would totally agree with that there too. Malachi 2, 14 through 15, as paraphrased in the message, reads, in fact, actually, I'm going to kind of tangent here. That's, that's a curious statement here. He says marriage isn't man-made, it's God's creation. So if you thought about like what marriage looked like before all of the modern traditions that we had, so... Uh, you know, throughout history, there's no way that we had, you know, a modern day church with pews lined with the groom's family on one side, the brides on the other, the brides in a white dress, the groom's in a suit, and there are bridesmaids and groomsmen with a best man and a uh, flower girl and a ring bearer and all this, all this modern stuff that we have in modern day weddings. It hasn't always looked like that, I would guarantee. So what did marriage look like before the man-made institution? What did marriage look like in the original uh, world that God designed, maybe even throughout different peoples of history, what does marriage look like? That's a fascinating concept that I've learned about. What's what's cool is, though, there are some common themes that I've seen throughout. Like, I think there's an old Irish tradition of, like, uh, binding your hands together. I think it's like a, a symbol of going forward together from that point on permanently, and I really like that tradition. It's like a hand-tying uh, thing. I don't know. I read a little bit about it one time. It was cool. Uh, that reminds me of the Trinity candle sometimes that we do in modern Christendom today. Sometimes we even do like a, a tricord, like a father, father, bridegroom, uh, or God, bridegroom bound together in a cord that is stronger with three. Uh, which is another great way of showing it. I've seen people just do lots of things. Another p- thing people do is sand. Like they'll pour two kinds of sand into a, a jar and then they'll stir it up and then they'll basically say like, you can never separate these grains again. It's permanent. This action that we've just done is permanent. And I just think that's a beautiful thing um, that is, has been done throughout. Uh, throughout some, it originated somewhere because we do it today. And it's just really interesting to me to think what actually makes the marriage, what makes a marriage a marriage. And to me, I, here's an, here's something that I would actually say on that subject. I would actually argue that sometimes what makes a marriage, actually, I would say what fundamentally makes a marriage a marriage, what God designed to make a marriage a marriage is the union of husband and wife physically through the act of sexual intimacy, sexual intercourse. Um, and thru- from that flows the pro- procreation of the human race. Children out of that love comes uh, new life, new birth. Uh, I, which I just think is a beautiful concept. So I, I, especially in today when people are acting like they can hop from bed to bed with no consequence, I would say like, if you if you if you have the worldview that God created man with the specific end of marriage being the union of a man and woman, then you can't do that because you're marrying like 18 different people if you sleep with 18 different people in a year. So I mean, it's just like it just doesn't make any sense if you believe that the the union of God, that union that God intended marriage to be it is officialized and stamped and made a covenant at the moment of sex, sexual 
action, sexual intercourse, sexual intimacy, then it makes no sense to have multiple partners because you can't marry all these different people without, you know, huge consequences. Uh, polygamy is not the way to go, folks. <laughs> I mean, it, there's just so many problems that you're going to have if you go that route. People have tried it in the past. And let's just say the women aren't happy. The men aren't happy either. It's it's a mess for everybody. And the children, oh my. The children, oh my. That's all I, all I just, oh, know what to say. But let's keep going here. So Hi guys, I want to take a quick break and tell you about an opportunity that you guys have as listeners to become subscribers of this podcast. Now in order to become a sub, all you have to do is follow the subscribe link in the show notes found in the description of each episode. And when you subscribe, you'll get access to exclusive material including additional interviews, all of my spoken word poetry pieces, all of my dramatized allegorical short stories, and even more of my article readings, okay? So lots of content will be available to you that won't be available to anyone else. Subscribing to the show only costs $5 a month, which is less than most people spend on their lunch at work every day, okay? So you won't even notice it disappearing from your bank account. If you enjoy listening to the show and you're looking for an opportunity to financially support the content you care about, this is your chance, okay? Follow the link in the show notes to become a sub. Thank you so much for choosing this show to listen to and now without further ado let's get back to the episode as paraphrased in the message malachi 2 14 and 15 through 15 as paraphrased in the message reads god not you made marriage from a divine perspective marriage is an amazing partnership that is second only to your relationship with christ the apostle paul captured this when he wrote therefore man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh flesh this mystery is profound and i am saying that it refers and i am saying that it refers to christ and the church again paying that imagery of christ and the church being a permanent union the idea of marriage guys is not something temporary it's not something that you do several times in your life it's one of the major life events one of the few major life events that you'll have you know you're born uh, perhaps you you grow, you experience all kinds of big things, but I would say the big life markers are you're born, you get married, you have children, and you die. There aren't really that many big markers. Um, the, you know, there are very few when you think about it. So to, to one of these, marriage, one of these big markers, life markers, is um, just huge. And again, I would say, think about the fact that, back to my point above, that marriage is not something done temporarily or just for a, a portion of your life. It's until death do us part. Um, I, I think, and back to what I was talking about, how God made marriage and designed marriage to be the union between a man and a wife, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, um, and how that kind of takes place. When that takes place physically, a lot of people think that they can, you know, have intimacy, have sexual intimacy with somebody and just get away with it emotionally scot-free uh, and just not have any, you know, withdrawal, not have any um, pain by leaving. But that's simply not true. One of my favorite uh, marriage therapists says that uh, sexual intimacy is a biological, social, spiritual act. So it's a biosocial, spiritual act, and it involves all elements of you, uh, body, mind, and spirit. So you really can't, when you, you can't do, you can't use one of those things. You can't do sexual intimacy without affecting all of those areas. You might think you can, you can keep your emotions out of it and just make it a physical thing. But then again, that's cutting sexuality into fractions and, and taking out part of what it is. And I would say that's making you miss out on a better sexual experience. But also, um, you can't do it. To, to some extent, you really can't do it. You can't separate your emotions entirely from sexuality. That's why it's so wrong to have affairs, to have, uh, pornography, 
graphic pornograph pornographic addiction to have uh these flings with people and consider it nothing no big deal it's a huge deal because it's involving everything of who you are it's the most intimate thing a person can do with another person and you're saying you can keep your emotions out of it i don't think so i don't think so at all guys it's it's the that's again that's what god designed marriage to be that permanently that permanently so i just think this this article is paying a lot of good points here but let's keep going here I love how S. Michael Craven writes on the Battle for Truth website describing this covenant relationship. The marriage covenant is singularly unique in civilization, for marriage is not just a civil union between two people, rather it is an emotional, physical, and spiritual union. He just basically said exactly what that counselor I just told you was. He said, rather, it is an emotional, physical, and spiritual union between one man and one woman. Emotional in the sense that these two people, male and female, each with different attributes, join together in life, each assisting each other, the nurturing and caring for one another, affirming and guiding one another, in essence, completing the other. Physical physical in the sense that marriage is procreative, two separate biological beings blending together to create what neither can create on their own, children. And lastly, spiritual in the sense that we are made for this partnership that places the interest of of the other or others, in the case of children, above self. A relationship that ultimately mirrors God's sacrificial love towards each of us and his bride, the church. Outstandingly said. That guy has an awesome way with words. Love those articles. Love those uh, that, that clip there that he quoted. That's from the Battle for Truth website, which he has linked in his article if you guys are interested in checking that out, that full article out. His next section is Marriage is a Selfless Act. Built on the foundation that marriage is a sacred covenant with God, the other argument for why get married is the act of getting married is selfless. Very interesting. Marriage is intended to be the epitome of selflessness. Our, and that, that is kind of good, guys, because if you think about it, why, if you were only interested in improving your individual life, would you bind yourself permanently to another person? Because you have no way of knowing how you're going to feel in, you know, 40 years. You know, even the best, most wise people in the world can't predict that. Uh, to quote Gandalf, even the very wise cannot see all ends um so i just think that it's like logically if you're only interested in proving yourself marriage is not the thing for you logically and again that would be i would say a hugely selfish way of living and not fulfilling way to live your life a life consumed with narcissism and greed and self-improvement is not a happy one guys and i just love the way that he's pointing out here that if you're only interested in in getting married for yourself uh, or it's probably not the thing for you because marriage is a selfless act all right. Marriage is a selfless act. But the higher calling for us as believers, particularly, is to be selfless, to be like Christ, who was selfless. Right. So that's just a super good uh, point there. Let's keep reading, though. <clears throat> Built on the foundation that marriage is a sacred covenant with God, the other argument for why get married is the act of getting married is selfless. Marriage is intended to be the epitome of selflessness. Our self-centered culture doesn't understand this about marriage. When Debate.org asks its readers, is marriage really necessary? An astonishing 79% of respondents said no. (laughs) Well, they must not be looking at the the statistical, emotional, physical benefits uh, for not only husband and wife, but also children that will arise from that union. Uh, They're probably not they haven't looked at that many statistics because marriage is the number one. It's it's so it's so good for you guys as a man especially. Marriage is one of the best things for you. It it, it is one of the best things for you. Like uh, statistically, the numbers show that you're less likely to con- become chemically dependent on drugs and alcohol. You're less you're going to make more money. You're less likely to die earlier. You're less likely to die from complications arising from surgery. You're less likely to. These are just the ones I remember. Um, you you're going to report being more happy. Most men who are married report being happier than single men. I mean, it's just overwhelmingly in favor of getting married guys. 
guys. And for women, they're always happier. Uh, in, in the context of a happy marriage, they're happier than most single women say they are. Now, women also, there's there's kind of a caveat here because women are also report being happier when they were single if they, they're from a bad marriage. So marriage can be bad for women in the sense of, it, well, it's not, it's, it's the best thing for women too, I would say, but it can be bad for women if they, if they make a bad choice and marry a, a messed up dude. Whereas for guys, uh, it's less, there's less consequences, I think. Like, even if a man is in a horrible marriage, he's, uh, less, I, f- I feel like it affects, I've, I've read somewhere at least that it affects his emotions less than it affects the woman for some reason. We don't really understand that, but. Uh, just a super interesting point there. An astonishing 79% of respondents said no, that marriage isn't really necessary, though, in this in this article. <laughs> That's just crazy. Here are some of the reasons readers gave for why marriage isn't necessary. One will lose his individuality and can't make decisions alone. Being married is like betting half your stuff in the hopes that she will love you forever. <laughs> love can't be tied down with something so strict as marriage. It needs space, air, and its own direction. Hmm. That's what ends in separation right there, friends, <laughs> because as soon as somebody stops feeling it, you go your separate ways because you don't control each other and nobody's locked themselves in of their own free will. So it just ends in a, in a big burning ball of fire, uh, which is why people who pursue these romantic relationships together over the course of a long time are just scare me so much outside of the con- on confines of marriage because it's like... Yes, you, yeah, I, I get. I know. I don't, I don't have any doubt that your relationship is great. But why haven't you committed for a lifetime? Why haven't you committed for a lifetime? That would bother me. That would eat at the back of my mind. I would not be able to to look at my spouse, or no, I say spouse. I wouldn't be able to look at my significant other the same, knowing that she she hasn't been willing to actually take that step, take that leap with me, and commit to me for a lifetime. That would bother me. But let's continue with the article here. It's not self-centered. When you get married, you give up being single and become one flesh with another person. You enter into a lifelong covenant with God that he doesn't want broken. As husband or wife, you voluntarily accept to abide by very clear instructions given by God. These directives weren't given to boyfriends, girlfriends, significant others, or life partners. They were reserved for one relationship only, i.e. marriage. Very good. Husbands are instructed to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Super uh, powerful charge there, guys. Um, dying to oneself for the sake of your wife is the most selfless act a husband could possibly do. Very true. Have you thought about, guys, this is a thought that I've had in the past. Very little acts in this world are actually selfless. Very few. So people that give, I mean, if you think about it, people get some sort of intrinsic reward even for serving in a soup kitchen or, or giving generosity to the poor or uh, exercising, you know, love for their fellow neighbor. Uh, there's there's a feeling of of uh, reward. There's an intrinsic reward that comes with that can, that can totally be selfishly sought and often is. So I would say that very few very few things in this life are actually selfless in the sense of me putting your needs and your benefit above anything uh, and not getting anything myself. Like if I didn't get the intrinsic reward of scratching your back and making you feel good, would I still do it? Would I still do it? If I didn't feel better for putting food on the table for my family, would I still do it? If I didn't feel, um, if my wife didn't love me when I gave her everything she needed and laid out my life for her, would I still do it? That's a serious question that we need to ask ourselves, guys, because very few things in this life are selfless, selfless actually. And I love that he talks about this uh, marriage being selfless because that is the state of a husband saying, I'm going to lay down my life for you every single day of my life, even even being willing to do it to the point of death. I would lay down my life for you physically, which I get the boyfriends would say they, they would do that too. But again, are you doing that every day um, through the content? Are you being willing to say, I'm going to stick around and do that forever? Because if you're if you're still a boyfriend, you haven't made that jump. 
because you know you can say that with your words but in the end are your actions backing it up are you are you putting consequences consequences on yourself if you break your words your word because that what's what mar- what marriage does it puts consequences on people who say they're sticking around forever but really won't which is what one of the things that I love about it Husbands are instructed to love their wife as wife as Christ loved the church. Dying to oneself for the sake of your wife is the most selfless act a husband could possibly do. Likewise, a wife is asked to voluntarily submit to her husband's leadership as she does to the Lord, both being asked to make great sacrifices. And I would add that the husband's also supposed to submit to his wife, therefore, because Paul's just mentioned in the verse before Ephesians uh, 5.22, and, or this, this chapter, he mentions specifically that we are to submit to one another. Uh, not just um, women to men or men to women. We are to submit to one another. But let's continue here. This is definitely a harder path to follow than simply cohabiting with someone. In his outstanding article, Why is Marriage Important? S. Michael Craven explains that selfless nature of marriage explains the selfish nature of marriage this way. It's a lifelong commitment that restrains self-centeredness, self-indulgence, and self-gratification. When this commitment labeled marriage is reduced to nothing more than mere count, a contract between two consenting persons, or worse, just another option, it ceases to restrain our self-centered passions. Marriage ungirds their commitment to each other. Absent this commitment, there is no foundation for integrity in any relationship, and society would become nothing more than a collection of narcissists pursuing their own welfare. That is a very good point, and I would I would I would point out even our bank accounts reflect that. So essentially, when you're when you get married, there's a merging of property. So why would you do that if you were self selfish individual? Why would you merge your property, give your wife basically permission to spend your money, um, legally anyway, give your wife permission to spend your money? Why would you do that if you were a selfish individual? So I just love the, the selfless aspect of marriage that they're kind of highlighting here. His next heading is marriage provides safety and security. Marriage allows you to serve your spouse in some amazing ways that you can't do when you cohabit with a significant other and you are legally protect and you are legally protecting your relationship when you sign a marriage license. See, that's the point that I've been going back to over and over. According to federal law, there are over 1000 benefits, rights and protections provided on the basis of marital status. And I get that there are tax penalties put on marriage people, married people and I hate that, but in the end I would say that's a small price to pay for actually having the benefits that marriage entails for your health and also these 1000 benefits that are uh, that this article is talking about rights and protections provided on the basis of marital status. Um, I would say that the tax the tax bump is a small price to pay for that, guys. And let's just talk about the emotional element for a second. The emotional el- and romantic element of being willing to say, I'm willing to spend my entire life with you. I'm never going to leave. Uh, so help me God. So help me these people who are witnessing our union. So help me the law. So help me all these vows that I'm taking, all the consequences that may, f- may all these consequences, marriage is saying, may all these consequences fall on my head if I ever leave you for a second. May all these consequences fall on my head if I never if I leave you. And that's just a beautiful thing. Think of how much more trust is going to be present in that relationship. Think of how much more that wife is going to be drawn to that husband saying that and vice versa. Think of how much more um, sacred and joyous the union is going to be between those two people who are willing to spend their entire lives together and commit to that. And people are like, well, marriages end all the time again, but they take on the consequences of of going back on their word. They go back on their vow and they accept the consequences of that. Nobody gets away from a marriage scot-free. And I'm talking physically, emotionally, financially. Nobody gets away from a marriage scot-free. So the, the beauty is that you're entering that saying, I don't want to get away. And even if I did, I refuse. I refuse to get away. There's there's a absolutely stunning beauty in that, guys. Absolutely stunning beauty. So let's continue with this article here. 
You offer each other the highest level of relational commitment possible. Thus, you are giving your spouse the highest degree of safety and security. You are publicly declaring your lifelong commitment in front of family and friends in a formal wedding ceremony, inviting a community of people to hold you responsible for your vows. That's why I think it's so important that we have witnesses for weddings, to have people that are watching us say, I'm with you forever. Because when you don't have that, when you don't have that, there, there's always a backdoor. There's always a backdoor of saying, oh, I can just leave this person. It'll be easy. There'll be no social lashback. Nobody will look at me or this person any different than before we were even together. And that's just so, I, I hate that. I love that there are witnesses. I love that there are people holding you accountable and saying, you gave your word to spend your life with this person. That is what protects people. That is what, when in, in romantic relationships, you are incredibly vulnerable to heartbreak, guys. You are incredibly vulnerable. And what protects you from that is these witnesses saying, I, I watched you stand on a stage, kiss your bride, and give your word to stay with her for the rest of your life. And you are going to do that if you want to do the right thing. That's just such a powerful thing, guys. Such a powerful thing. You know, and then let, let me just go into a little bit of a dating advice thing here. Um, when I was, when I, some, some, in one of my relationships of the past, uh, one thing I noticed was that, um, the other person was not very public about our, our connection, our relationship. And, uh, you know, people use all sorts of excuses for that. They say, well, I'm just not very active on social media. I'm not really close with all these friends. I don't really want to give away this personal element of my life and all that. But really what that can communicate, and I'm not saying it does every time, but that can communicate to me that you're not wanting it to go public because you're not wanting to be held accountable by people for leaving. In other words, you're not sure if this is something you actually want. You're entering it anyway. You're entering this dating uh, committed relationship anyway, but you're not actually sure, so you're going to keep it as private as possible. So if if, if you decide to back out, then you, there's no consequence from other people. Do you know what I'm saying? So I would say that that is a red flag to look for um, in a marriage, but also like if people are just saying, ah, let's just cohabitate, you know, let's just, let's just, let's just see where thing, the wind takes us, you know, let's just, let's just chill together for years and years and years. And there's never really, you're never really making that leap. That's a red flag, guys. People are leaving themselves a back door out of the relationship. And that is an incredible turnoff. That is incredibly unattractive. That is incredibly dysfunctional because you're, they're basically saying, I'm not real. I'm not really protecting your heart here. I, I might leave. I might leave and I, I want to be able to do that without actually there being any social lashback. So I'm not actually looking out for your best interest, your heart here. Um, so that's why I would say cohabitation is definitely not the way, guys. And that's a, that's a great red flag to look for in dating. You know, if somebody, it, not even in the sense of cohabitation, if somebody's keeping your relationship super private and I get like, early, early relationships, you don't need to go posting about that everywhere. It's not even time. But if you enter into what you call a long-term committed relationship, don't be private about it. You need to be accountable. And even if you're a very private person, an extremely private person, you need to have people, like even one family to hold you accountable or two families. You know, ideally there's more people that can hold you accountable because, you know, things happen and people don't, people don't actually hold you accountable, which they should, but you need to have a a solid back reinforcement uh, uh, your your relationship needs to be buttressed by a wall of people wanting you to succeed and to win in your marriage and your relationship and your dating your committed relationship um so that's just something that i would say uh to you guys who are uh, to us young believers guys because we're this is this is our next step in life and it's coming up for us really fast most of us some of us are already here uh most of us should be here or we should this is where we should be going is what i mean let's continue reading though 
You are publicly declaring your lifelong commitment in front of family and friends in a formal wedding ceremony, inviting a community of people to hold you responsible for your vows. You are sending a clear message to your spouse that he or she is the one and only, and that you'll get, you've given up all other options. Again, a beautiful, beautiful illustration there. I'm not looking for anybody else. I've got you, and I'm not looking for anybody else. That's powerful. Marriage is the only God-honoring relationship for sexual fulfillment, and it requires that you be faithful to one person for a lifetime. Cohabitation erodes the value of God, that God places on marriage. Marriage matters. It's not just a piece of paper. It's a sacred covenant with God, and it's one of the most selfless acts you will ever perform for another person. I love being married to my best friend, Aaron. The past 23 years of our marriage have been the greatest journey I've ever taken, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Copyright, copyright 2015, focus on the family, all rights reserved. Super good article, guys. I love the way he said that. I thought a couple things that he said were um, not cliche, but just I'd heard them before. And something that I'm really valuing as I get older is that I love to hear people express the same unshakable fundamental truth in new words. And if you're just basically regurgitating something that's been fed you your entire life, if you're using the same words that you've learned a concept through, you're not really making it your own. You're not really, a lot of people don't even understand it. Anybody can copy. Parrots can copy you. If you say marriage is the best thing in the world, a parrot can repeat you say that. But what shows real intelligence and real understanding of a topic is a person's ability to paraphrase, put it into their own words. So a little bit of this article seemed like something that I've heard over and over and over and over for my entire life. So it was a little bit dry and dry and um, not powerful that way. But what I liked is the actual fundamental truth that it embodies. And I loved that it was written because, and, I th and again, I think that his question at the beginning, uh, why get married, is a good one that we need to ask ourselves. So there were parts in this article that stood out to me very much like a uh, something that needed to be written, something that needed to be read by us young believers. But also there are parts that were a little bit, little bit, um, little bit overwrought, and well, not overwrought, but a little bit just repeated, a little bit redundant to what I've heard in the past. But still, I love the concept. Of the article agreed with everything he said in here. Absolutely top notch, top marks to this article. So thank you guys so much for listening today, and we will talk to you next time.